0: Welcome to Boob Talk Studios, deep in the heart of a dark Eugene, Oregon, as it's episode 26, season one, Fox Trotting in a Foxhole. Your faithful host, Ken Harlan, here for your weekly dive into the world of sports and some commentary that goes along with it. Thank the folks at www.purpleplanet.com for the wonderful theme song. A little bit later in the week than we've been accustomed to, but you know, as we've always said from week to week, so much going on. And today we had NFL and Champions League going on at simultaneously. This is Wednesday afternoon, no less. Those of us who work, you know, get to work at home or freelance or whatever it is that you do, that allows you, especially in this time of COVID, people working at home, quite a treat to have all that wonderful sprinting activity. I mean, so much to talk about this week. Um, As you can imagine, you know, we've been doing this now for about 26 weeks, which is a half a year, folks. Yeah. So much going on. And today I've had to like update my outline. I'm almost, you know, Nervous to even go look online because every time something you know drops, and there's just so many things, maybe you can't even squeeze it in. It's it's so hard to follow as far as what you know, COVID and its impacts on the collegiate and professional ranks really insane stuff. Well, then let's make some stuff happen here and let's talk it up. So, we'll start with our Weekly investigation, the COVID chronicles. (laughs) Well, as you can imagine, with states being on massive lockdown, I know here in Oregon we're supposed to uh, lift ours a little bit tomorrow somewhat, not going to be fun dining and drinking outside, especially because it's cold, days in the fog where it doesn't get past the 30s and stuff. Whoo, man. So we know, in the world of mixed martial arts, the main event featuring uh, Curtis Blades and Derek Lewis that was slated for the you know, 28th this past week, and that was called off after Blades tested positive for COVID-19 in Las Vegas. You know, the edwards uh, Jiménez fight scheduled for December 19th is now off. Hoping they'll reschedule that at the beginning of the year. As far as Grand Prix... Uh, mega superstar Lewis Hamilton tested positive for COVID nineteen, and who will miss this week's Grand Prix event? It's it's pretty out of, out of control. What do they say today that uh, if you traveled, you know, you might as well just just quarantine yourself because chances are you came in contact with somebody and you probably have it. It's just spreading that much out of control. Um, you know, the Warriors halted pro- pre-system workouts. In fact, the NBA says they have recorded 48 positives among those who are entering training camps. Something we'll definitely be keeping an eye on. Um, I'm sure we've all heard the story about the Denver quarterbacks that were all out with either COVID-19 or in close content. I mean close contact. They had to be quarantined. We'll talk a little bit about that um, in our NFL report. Actually, a little, you know, have an opinion or two on that. Anyhow, they were fine for not wearing masks, which led to the mockery where obviously they had a receiver off the practice squad who had to take the snaps and actually started getting to that momentarily. Um, you know, we said, talked about just a second ago with the Steelers and the Ravens actually finally getting to play. The game was scheduled last week. It was Thursday night. Complete buzzkill. <laughs> Excuse me, folks. Um, you know, we had the first two games. You know, obviously, we talked about last week not uh, that attractive record-wise, even though there's a lot with the Redskins and Cowboys or excuse me, <laughs> watching the football team. But the Steelers-Ravens game was going to be the marquee matchup, and all of a sudden, you know, that left everybody with uh, drinks and watching reruns. Watching Die Hard or something like that. Anyway, game was going to be played Sunday. Still with all these crazy tests, you know, with the Ravens, you know, right with the positives. You know, there's no Lamar Jackson as he tested positive. Um, you know, it, it came down to there was, I like think, 11 starters that it tested positive. But somehow they got a team out there. We'll talk about that momentarily. So they finally played the game today. Um and of course, that means that the game that the Ravens were supposed to play with Dallas that's been moved to next Wednesday, I believe. Yeah, Washington and Pittsburgh now, which is going to be played Sunday, will be moved Monday. So all the you see all these schedule impacts. We talked about this in the beginning, and especially that you the fingers were crossed that the luck they were having. Because Once we get to the point where we get colder and people are inside in locker rooms and meetings and just in, in general, you knew the numbers were going to go back. We said we've been doing this for 26 weeks. That was one of the things we said in the beginning as far as the COVID Chronicles is concerned. Now, this shouldn't be a shock, but it is getting very dicey as far as you know how the league's going to deal with it. You know, that they closed the facilities on Monday and Tuesday right just hoping to you know to slow things down Santa Clara County you know, where the 49ers are are home to they put a, a ban on all contact contact sports for the next 3 weeks which means that the 49ers will have to play their home games and practice in Phoenix probably pretty much to the end of the year end of the season kind of a drag for them as they try to make a late playoff push. But that's the situation we're in with the numbers spiking where they are in certain places. So Santa Clara County is taking the extreme measure, and I know the Kyle Shanahan's not happy about it. But, hey, this is the world we're living in. And, um, you know, we talked a little bit about you know how angry the Steelers were last week and, you know, about team teams being irresponsible. I don't know how I feel about that. You know, I think that, if, as I've said numerous times in the past, if you can prove that people are out there being negligent, being reckless, then by all means come down, you know, with, 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 with two hammers. But I think, as, you know, the CDC is, is pointing out and many other uh, medical authorities, this is spreading out of control, and it's really hard when you're talking about all the moving parts and all the numbers to contain it when you're not in a bubble situation. All right, you know, whether it's Lamar having it or Pittsburgh's James Conner, you know, both had significant players that were out today. Yeah, Jack, the NFL was, you know, they've talked about extending the season, you know, to 18 games to allow for makeups, but Obviously, they haven't gone forward with that, you know, with this Ravens Steelers game going on. A lot of controversy about hey, maybe given the number of cases that the Ravens were having, and even it, you know, the Steelers dealing with it on a, on a lesser level, why are we playing this game? This whole idea of the schedule, the games must go on, you know, obviously with Denver. Right, which is a slightly different situation because it was just a you know group of players as opposed to the Ravens, and you know what they're just having a massive outbreak in Baltimore right now. Anyhow, Um, the Browns, you know, they keep closing their facility. Crazy, Mm -hmm. Uh, the Saints. Well, talk about you know people that were bad behavior and not wearing masks. They will lose a draft pick, and they. Two will pay significant fines. The Patriots were fined for when Cam Newton got it. They were docked, I think, uh, $350,000. So, yeah, all, all over the professional landscape, we definitely are seeing COVID blessing the muscles, as I say, <laughs> on a weekly basis. And as it gets colder, um, you know, I know that You know, state governments and local governments are doing what they can, but I do not really see this getting easier Uh, as far as, I mean, like with the NFL's case, there's definitely, and even with uh, the NCAA or whatever you want to call the Power Five, there's, you know, right, the show must go on. There's definitely a push to complete these things, and they're going to do everything possible. Obviously, the TV partner has a lot to do with that. But I tell you, you almost want to see them take a step back. And if it takes a week or two, I mean, basically, we're in a pandemic. It's not like SoFi, um, right? Jerry World, Arrowhead. What are these venues? What else is going to happen? It's not like there's conflicting dates. No concerts. No Brad Paisley. So... You know, take your time with it and not put people at risk and not (sighs) compromise the product. Okay, well, that's the COVID Chronicles. We'll be back with a 43,000-foot view above campus in a moment. Welcome back, Fox. tried again a Foxhole, episode 26, season one. Yeah, can you believe it's been a half year of doing this? It's been exciting. Yeah, the numbers have kind of fluctuated. You know, I think people are, you know, you have a lot of your friends, and it's not growing the way you would like it to, but I'm not concerned about that, as I've said before. I mean, I just feel that if we continue to work on this, and... Provide interesting talking points about the world of sports and a few other things. Still working on the companion podcast. Everything will take care of itself. I mean, I'm definitely enjoying this. And as long as I continue to enjoy it, I will definitely keep putting these out on a weekly basis. Okay, enough about me. So what's going on on campus as we uh, fuel up a taxi Get in the air, 43,000 feet above campus. Now this whole thing with Ohio State, we're just touch and go now that they've had problems with uh, COVID-19, shutting things down, canceling games. Their coach tested positive for COVID-19 and will not be able to coach. The Buckeyes are able to get their game in because right there, last game with the Illini, I was called off. As far as games being called off, on campus, I mean, it, 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 it's insane right now. Um, I don't even, I, at this point, usually I, I, I keep track of this. And now I just kind of look now at, you know, the significant ones that you can comment on because it's, it's just getting ridiculous from week to week. You know, wh- whether it's Florida State, which is, I think that's three games in a row now, pretty much. Their season shot. Not that they were doing any of the right home about to anyhow. Um, right. Uh, we've got Utah State and Colorado. That's basically off. That, they just said no contest. I and mean, Fresno, right. Uh, Miami's going to play Duke instead because their opponent has to cancel for the week. And they've been having issues down there in Coral Gables. Right, USC's game with Utah has been moved... Not Utah. U- USC's game has been moved to Sunday. I guess they feel that, that they'll be able to get enough bodies at that time. Michigan-Maryland is now off. Minnesota-Northwestern, Houston-SMU. Crazy stuff. Um, I think where it gets really interesting, um, Ohio State. Obviously... They can run the table, but at the same time, they can miss the playoffs because of a lack of flexibility. We've talked about this before, not playing the requisite games that would allow them to be eligible for their conference championship. I've always kind of felt, hey, Big Ten's going to show a little flexibility. So far, I mean... Have they not just walked into one pile of turd after another from the beginning, coming back when the parents were complaining? <laughs> uh, it's just kind of funny to watch, you know, from way up 43,000 <laughs> feet above campus. But yeah, it, it just, you know, as this thing continues to evolve, and you know, it's a nightmare. We knew this was going to happen, you know, forging ahead. You know, you'll never convince me that this was about the kids giving them a chance to fulfill their dream. That's, that's bull jive. Right? <laughs> Let's not even kid ourselves. And you know, especially with the schools that forced ahead. We know this. No one's ever going to come out and say that it was all about getting paid. You know, the kids be damned. The kids at the beginning made a futile effort to try to, to flex their muscle and kind of show that they have a voice and understand their worth. Notice how quickly that talk just squashed once we started playing for the stakes. You know, It was all nice and humorous when you know, the games weren't meaning anything and we were scrambling to play. But now that <sighs> the locomotive is barreling down the tracks and we're setting up what's going to be you know, the playoff, Oh, yeah, it's serious stuff. Now, there's examples of flexibility. I like what the ACC is doing. They know that all teams may not make it, but they've already figured out that, okay, Notre Dame, you're you're in, no matter what. And hopefully Clemson will be there with Trevor Lawrence and we get the matchup. ACC isn't playing around. They want to be part of the big money show. Can't blame them there. You know ethically I've got my um I've got my questions about it but the reality is yeah the, there' with this season in general there's nothing you know there's nothing that's ethical that you can say about it you know it's everybody for themselves we're trying to get paid and I like how the ACC is just not doesn't have, it has no pretense about it Makes sense to me. So yes, as far as cancellations go, Sun Bowl is off for the first time since '35. You know this is related to heavy spikes in the El Paso metro area. Las Vegas uh, Bowl is off as well. In fact, the biggest bowl is the tenth game bowl game canceled because of the pandemic. So that to this list now the Bahamas celebration. Hollow Hawaii Holiday, Motor City, Pinstripe, Red Box. See ya. Alrighty. So, before I get into what happened in week 12, or was it week 13, the roundup, let's talk about Sarah Fuller. Sarah Fuller, Vanderbilt, for a moment. Gotta love the woke sports media. Always looking for a crusade. Made a big deal about this, and you know I don't want to come out here and sound like you know Mitch misogynist, not that kind of rant. But I just thought it was kind of funny because well, it was a Power Five school when Katie Hinda did this for uh, New Mexico and Colorado, I don't know, eons ago. Actually kicked a field goal instead of some bogus squib kick, and the whole idea that she came in and gave a halftime speech for an 0-18. It's all a publicity stunt. You know, I give the folks at OutKick.com for, for, for calling it out. You know, hey, I'm glad that this will inspire girls. I mean, like I've talked about with, you know, some of the advances women have made here in 2020, whether it's first woman today officiating in a Champions League game. Fantastic stuff. Cool there. Some of the women coaches. That's great. But this thing... With the squib kick and just, you know, the, the the woke sports media just really drunk on themselves about it. When, it, A, somebody's already been there and done it just because it was New Mexico. <clears throat> and, you know, Vanderbilt firing his coach afterwards. Obviously, that's not really good just because he was an African-American as far as the dueling numbers. But, you know, that's another conversation for another time. But I thought that was a mockery. But whatever, you know, something to talk about in this crazy 2020 season. Yeah. Okay, what happened on the film? So number two, Notre Dame took care of North Carolina. It was a good game for a bit, but it was kind of clear. North Carolina, you know, the Tar Heels. It was a good story at the beginning, but reality just set in. Notre Dame, including the better teams I just said. On, you know, cruise control until they meet up with Clemson again. Looking forward to that. Good game with uh, Iowa State knocking off Texas 23 20. A lot of talk on uh, the morning shows about Tom Herman. Why can't UT get it together? They're ever since things, uh, I don't know. Shall I just break break it down? Ever since they didn't get into the Super Conference, where Pac twelve took on Utah and Colorado instead of forming the Super Conference with Oklahoma State, Texas, and right, I think Texas has just been kind of spinning adrift, and they're not. I mean, they can fancy themselves as a little elite program, but they're not. And I don't know who you bring down there to get Texas on the level where they are college playoff material. Right now, they're just not. Simple as that. Okay, so locally, you know, the Oregon-Oregon State game. Don't get me started on how silly I think that it's not the Civil War. It is a Civil War, but whatever. Just because we're just going to keep it real, the Oregon-Oregon State game or the robbery without a name yet. So, funny thing happened to me as far as this game is concerned. Well, you know, Thanksgiving holiday. Hope everybody had a good, safe time. Stayed away from from uh, Mr. Corona COVID. So I'm watching the game on Friday, and turkey leftovers, deep fried of turkey. It was fantastic. Total food coma. So slept in the game, had to like watch it again at like what twelve thirty or one when they did the replay, and yeah, let's put it this way: I'm still stuck. Cause I woke up at like eight o'clock. And, okay, good grief, what happened? I see the score that Oregon State knocked Oregon off. Now I knew Oregon and UCLA that, that there was trouble in uh, Paradise. Just. UCLA is improved. I think Chip Kelly's doing a great job, but the fact that they should have won that game kind of gave me, you know, some some uh, warning signs about Oregon's viability as far as being able to represent the Pac-12 as far as the college football playoffs concerned. And true enough, Jefferson runs for crazy. Oregon can't stop them, and they lose a game in Corvallis. That. I don't know. I don't want to go as far as they shouldn't have lost because maybe they're not that good. Transition year with Ruby in the NFL. But Oregon still has some studs. a definitely a head-scratching loss. So unless USC does something special, no Pac-12 in the college football playoff is basically what that means. Uh, really shocking. Number one, Alabama. What Iron bowl I mean, just put the beat down on Auburn. Like, I think, 42-13. Number two, Clemson. Same story as far as their matchup with Pitt. You know, ugly stuff. Number five, A&M. Beat, you know, a stubborn LSU team defending national champions that are kind of on the downside. Number six, Florida. Day of the Park against Kentucky. The upset. Michigan State who's not been that impressive this year ruining number eight Northwestern Cinderella story. Northwestern's still gonna go to a good bowl well depending on what bowls are left. But yeah, it's kind of sad because I mean they were an outside shot to possibly make the playoff if they run the table and won the conference championship. But you don't see that happening. Georgia's kind of you know, just existing, you know right? IU you know bounced back from its tough loss you know the Darlings number 20 uh Central Carolina uh routing North Texas yeah I mean then of course routing out the top 25 Oklahoma State beating Texas Tech 50 to 44. a lot of defense there but then again the whole weekend you could say that just I mean I was watching you know that Oregon Oregon State game late at night just like going, wow, is anybody going to stop someone? (laughs) Oh, you're right, and then you get the Cuse. The hard luck orange. Losing a game when their quarterback spikes the ball on fourth down. Kind of the state of where Syracuse's football program is at this point. Not good. Away from the gridiron on the hardwood. Some upsets. I mean, college football, I mean, college football, excuse me. College basketball just getting started. We talked a little bit about that last week. Not going to get too deep here yet because so much going on as far as football is concerned. But, yes, there are some early upsets of note. Number three, Nova being upset. University of San Francisco, those Dons knocking off. Number four, defending champion, Virginia. Richmond knocking off. Number 10, Kentucky. Sparty's winning at Cameron Izzo saying there's no asterisk it's like hey I don't care if fans are there W's a W We also can talk about uh Mr mccurr maker who's going to take uh his talents to you know that to Howard and try to lift the uh, historically black college and universities spoke about that he's been slowed by a grain a groin industry excuse me. Can't be a difference maker if you're always hurt. And the fact that you're probably going to be a one and done. But as I've said, we are going to be keeping an eye on this. Because, you know, we definitely would like to see if this is going to be a trend as far as blue chip, African-American basketballers going to these schools. And obviously, a lot is going to depend on how this experiment with McCure works out. So far, it's off to a slow start. All right, folks. Well, that's what's going on high above campus. We'll be back with another segment shortly. Welcome back. Fox Foxtrotting in a Foxhole, Season 1, Episode 26, ftinfx at gmail.com for suggestions, feedback to say, hey, want to come on the show and wax your expertise, definitely looking for some people to talk some NHL, be bringing back some of my uh, previous guests here shortly now that things are warming up. Especially with the NBA coming to camp, NFL playoffs, so we're looking forward to uh, scheduling some guests. I know people really enjoy that. Definitely seems like the numbers of the uh, people listening are up for those weeks. All right, now let's get to our one of my favorite um, segments. Anyway, what's go, What's going on in the world of sports, or something you should probably know. Some sad news to talk about, to open this segment up with. First, with uh, Olympic icon, Rayford Johnson, who won the decathlon, 1960 in Rome. Iconic figure, prob- also known for being the one that, uh, along with Rosie Greer, that subdued Sirhan Sirhan after he assassinated RFK, the ambassador in LA back in 68, but... Uh, Just an iconic figure, great ambassador to the sport. The the, torch is lit up at the Coliseum in Los Angeles, UCLA. Big icon in Southern California. Also, something from my childhood and a lot of us who grew up back in the day, wrestling icon Pat Patterson, who was part of the uh, legendary team along with uh, The Rock's father, Rocky Johnson, I, know I grew up watching big time wrestling of Hank Renner, Pat Patterson was the dude, him and Rocky Johnson, the soul man, uh, both of these guys, our condolences go out to their families, friends, and obviously the, the fans that, that uh, followed these guys throughout their wonderful lives, so over the weekend, and there was a lot of talk about it, Um Tyson and Roy Jones getting into the ring. I guess it was a draw. Yeah, I mean yeah I, I didn't have a stomach for it. you know many people said that Tyson actually won that Tyson could actually fight and others were just like no dude. <laughs> just enjoy retirement. I know that Nate Robinson got into the round the ring with that YouTube sensation and got a string knocked loose. I, yeah, I, I don't know what to say. There was a lot of talk about it, yeah, and, and uh, apparently a lot of people did check it out. I, just, I was just like, "Yeah, whatever." <laughs> You're you know, right. I mean, the dude's fifty-six. Roy Jones Jr. was a, was shot way back when, but it was a. Tr- but according to folks that have a heart for it, it was entertaining. I'll take their word for it. I know there wasn't much for me to. Uh, care about <laughs> sorry <laughs> i know the mlb because as we've talked about in the beginning of these episodes you know as far as willing down the minor leagues and what impact it's had on these communities i guess we're gonna launch a wood bat league for draft eligible pro- prospects and hopefully and as they are talking about a lot of these cities that have lost the minor leagues Not sure how that's all going to work out, but obviously, the minor league system, as we've done it in the past, is under quite a um, restructuring. Yeah, as we like to say, we'll keep an eye on that. As we always say, when we're preparing these episodes, so many things happen that are so unexpected, and this definitely is one of them. Uh, I was gonna put. I was gonna talk about it earlier. Still trying to process it in my mind, but apparently, the Rockets are sending Russell Westbrook to Washington for John Wall. Whoa! I guess this is good for both squads, given the restructuring in Houston with Moore and Mike D obviously gone, Harden. Talking all kinds of crazy. Russ being moved again. Maybe going to the Eastern Conference is a good thing. It doesn't, I mean, I think, I forget who it was. I just saw this on Twitter. I said, this just has gone down in the last hour. I think one of the guys that's on the Washington football beat, you know, obviously, because he's going to D.C., Saying that you know they weren't the, the, the Wizards weren't going to win a championship, probably won't win a championship with this trade, but at least this is something interesting for their fans to get behind. And Russ being in the Eastern Conference, and who knows who they might be able to, to, to put around them. You know, obviously, you got Bradley Bill, gonna have to keep your eye on this as far as Wall going out west in Houston. Until I know exactly what's going to happen with Harden, I don't know what to think of this. If he's with Harden, is it going to be enough to beat the Lakers, Clippers for that matter? I don't think so. I'd have to say no right now. But there's so much still to be determined as far as that's concerned. <coughs> and other NBA news. We see that my man Bronny Bron 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 Bron, Bron, Bron signs a 2-year, 85 million dollar extension with the Lakers and will keep him at Staples through 2023. Yeah, as as my man Mr. Alec Ford suggested, maybe he's trying to position himself so him and Bronny can play together. You know, Bronny's good enough to make it to the NBA. Obviously, LeBron's content. Trying to build an empire. No need to really, you know, keep the leverage in the Lakers. Now we're just curious to see what kind of deal AD signs. Yeah? Uh, We also know that all three ball boys could be in the NBA this year. Like that one? (laughs) But uh, apparently, the third ball... Has signed a one year deal, limited obviously, with the Detroit Pistons. But if all works out, we can see all three ball boys on the court. What a show that I'll make. We also find out that the Nets and the Warriors will be the inaugural game as far as tipping off the 2020 2021 season. If all goes well. Not sure how this is all going to work without being in a bubble. Yeah. Speaking of the Nets, KD suits up for the first time for preseason workouts and tells the media feeling good. As we say, we'll be keeping an eye on that for sure. A healthy Durant. Obviously, that is a team that uh, the Lakers and others will have to keep their eyes on definitely the pieces they have. And once again, Harden can weasel his way there. How formidable will that make them really looking forward to the NBA. And, you know, one more thing about the NBA, what to make of the saga with Victor Oladipo, right? You know, is that one minute, the reports are coming out that he wants out of in Indianapolis Then he tells the media, nah, man, it ain't like that, dog. I want to stay. Now, you wonder about this, right? It's always used to happen with the Lakers, which is kind of funny that for some some reason, we didn't see a lot of that this past year. But manufacturing drama just for the sake of, of getting clicks he comes out and says, unless his camp's trying to, but I just think this is another one of these situations where, you know what, we don't really have a story. There's not a lot going on to compete with other teams. or are getting ink. Let's keep you know, the the pacers in the news by manufacturing this drama. He says, yeah, he doesn't want to leave. I'm going to take his word for it. And once again, shame on you, media, if true, trying to create more drama. Okay, we'll take a short break, and then we'll come back and we'll do our weekly romp through the beautiful game life. Welcome back, Fox Trying to get a foxhole. Season one, episode 26. Alrighty, so let's talk about what's happening in the beautiful game life. Sitting here watching the rerun of uh today's earlier action, which we'll all glue about here in a moment. But so last week, after a long hiatus. The United States women's national team finally returned to action and did so with an impressive 2 0 win over the Netherlands. Good to see the ladies back out there. The next day, as far as our you know the most popular league, the Premier League, Barclay style, I saw that Manchester City slapped Burnley, it was that like 5 0? The Dingles, as those folks in Blackburn call them, stumbling. Not sure what's going on there. Liverpool, probably in anticipation of its Champions League matchup yesterday. They played to a 1 1 draw with Brighton. Ha- Brighton. Oh, boy. So, what else do we have to say? I think the Spurs and Chelsea play to a 0 0 draw. So- Arsenal lost to the Wolves, United beat Southampton 3-2, standard stuff, over in League One, PSG, Uh, just a mystery to me and everybody else that follows them, another maddening effort, I know, big Champions League match today, which we'll talk about here in a second, that might have factored into it, still no excuse, no imagination, very disappointing. Marseille took care of not 3 1. Lyon took care of business. Wren and Strasbourg was a 1 1 draw over Serie A. Juventus had a surprising draw, but I'm sure they were thinking about Champions League. As was Atalanta the as they lost to the Hellas Verona. Yeah, Napoli obviously thinking about. Maradona, very inspired. took out Roma, 4-0. Zlatan continues to score goals. It is Milan. Blank-sheeted Florentina. Inter took care of Sassuolo 3-0. Clean sheet there as well. La Liga. Real Madrid really stinking the joint up. All over the place internationally in league. They lost Dalvez 2-1. Atletico Madrid and Barca took care of business. I'm sure that Barca Llewellyn will be looking at a nice fine after Messi had a fitting tribute to Maradona, took off his jersey underneath, had uh, one of Maradona's early uh, teams that he played on. And that was a nice gesture by uh, Leo. Over in the Bundesliga... BBV lost to Cologne and Bayern took care of business as you, as, as you know they would. And you also have Munching Gladbach taking care of Shaka 04. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of stuff going on before match day five, which was yesterday and today. And that's what, you know, a lot going on there. As I said, with Real Madrid really sticking up everywhere. This time. Let yesterday Shakhtar beat them 2-0. Los Boncos is on the verge of getting kicked down to the Europa League for the first time ever. Ever. It's huge. And Milan's barely hanging on. You know, as they got like as a as a late goal by Gladbach was this allowed. Liverpool after it's uh Week showing in league took care of Aox. Byron's B still a draw from Atletico Madrid had no business, no business at all there. Yeah, I was really shocked. I know the man of black wasn't happy, nor should he have been. It was a whole home affair, but has Pep pretty angry. City and Porto played to a 0 0 draw. Uh, Marseille finally gets a win. Surprising over Olympiacos. All right, so let's get to today's action. My, by the way, or say winning, that that ends a 12-match UCL winless streak. Yeah. So let's get to today's action, which had seven Americans on the pitch during this match day. Keep talking about the young guns. Good to see all of them. Even Wonder Boy was out there again. Fantastic stuff. So, day started out real early with Leipzig outlasting the folks in Istanbul 4-3. It was a total thriller, you know, which set up the next matchup with PSG and Manchester United meeting again, this time at Old Trafford. And as I was just hard on PSG today, PSG got their act together, get a huge 3-1 win. United ended up being 10 men because Fred lost his mind. Should have probably gotten a red for the head, but regardless, he was off the pitch. I know if you go to soccer Reddit, a lot of salty United fans there are coming up with all kinds of delusional reasons and about well, something I won't say here because so we keep it clear here, but yeah, the language is pretty colorful as far as what they think about PSG taking up Manchester United. But it does set up a thrilling match day six next week. Manchester United, PSG, and Leipzig all have nine points. So yeah, Leipzig taking care of business today. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see who moves forward. PSG is going to have this, is going to be... In this, well, Istanbul Bulls coming to us, and it'll be Leipzig and Manchester United. for Just figure out who goes to the knockout round in Group H, the group of death. Really exciting stuff. What else happened? Chelsea beat Sevilla, where she rolled and scored four goals. By you, four goals. Very impressive performance. Juventus to Kiev. Clean sheet of them. VBB and another head-scratching performance. 1-1 draw with Lazio, although no halan. Uh, Messi, La Barca no problems. Alrighty, So what went on in those MLS playoffs? that do not have my black and gold LAFC, as we talked about last week, them jumping out. Life moves on, and so do the refs. And their legendary coach Bruce Arena, who's basically looking at Bob Bradley and saying, "No, dude, I'm the dean of American coaches, especially now that Ziggy Smith is in the uh, great, the great ground in the sky." Yeah, very impressive. Even though I give Orlando City credit, they gave us a lot of thrills. Played very hard the MLS's back tournament, but were pretty hot. They're moving on, and another great matchup as far as the East was concerned. Other matchup, the Crew outlasted Nashville City in extra time, once again. Nashville City, great for expansion run. Obviously, gets you know, what LAFC did in its run, and you know in Atlanta, but Nashville City with a lot less flair, just as, as impressive. I thought Walker Zimmerman, former Black and Gold, MLS Defender of the Year, played it raw. In fact, was the man of the match at a losing cause. No shame in their game. So, so for the East, we're going to have a great matchup, old school with the Revs and the and the Ad. Hooking up. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. You know the crew and the Revs. Obviously, out west. Minnesota and Kansas City's tomorrow. Weather could be a big factor. Snow, going to be cold, but I have seen some pretty intense games there weather-wise. Be definitely looking at that. Last night, Seattle, keeping things going as usual. Not that impressive, but they don't have to be. I know as being an LAFC fan and still... Hearing most of our fans being salty and in denial and bewildered at Seattle knocking LAFC out for a second year in a row. But it's looking good in terms of them being able to represent the West and possibly winning the MLS Cup for a second straight year. They're looking good. They don't have to be that impressive. They just get it done. So, yeah. Yeah. I also can talk about Greg Vanney, who steps down as a skipper for Toronto, led Toronto to a treble in 2017, treble in this case, winning the Supporters' Shield, the MLS Cup, and the Canada Cup. Rumor has it he'll be taking over Carson, becoming the LA Gar- Galaxy's next coach. We'll have to see how that all plays out. But anyhow, that's what's going on in the beautiful game this week. A lot of activity in fact I'm watching the uh, repeat of PSG in Manchester United as I'm as I'm taping this still I got a big smile on my face hey, hey. when they knocked us out of Champions League in 2018 and then won the uh, opening leg over in the park. All the people on soccer Twitter, me on it, fans, blah, 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 blah. Anyhow, to see them salty and call uh, PSG everything but a soccer club puts a big smile on my face, indeed. Good job, Red and Blues. Okay, we will be back with the NFL report and some TMA time to close things out shortly. Well now, Wednesday evening, Fox Trotting in the Foxhole, episode 26, season one, your faithful host, Ken Harlan here. Yeah, I'm just having a good time here, always like talking about the beautiful game, and then following that with uh, what's going on, in the No Fun League, as we start to get to the nitty gritty, we get an idea of what the playoff picture is actually going to be. Exciting times, definitely. And with COVID, as we talked about the opening segment, wreaking all kinds of havoc with the schedule, logistics, teams being prepared. So, I mean, this week had a little bit of everything. So we'll start out with uh, the Turk actually appearing a little early this year. I wouldn't say early, but definitely making an early visit in the case of Detroit, where the Lions fired Matt Patricia, who didn't see that coming, and their GM, Bob Quinn, who didn't see that coming. So we talked about last week as far as where they have tapered off after getting rid of Mr. Caldwell. You know, as you saw, if you watched any of the uh, network shows, You saw the the, the Ford's daughter out there breaking it down, how they want to be accountable. Well, let's see. Teams are out there making smart hires. We talked about this last week. Now it's an opportunity for Detroit to do something. They haven't got a good track record. I know all about that. Being a friend of the Washington football team. Great opportunity. A lot of great minds out there in Detroit. And the Jags, in the same spirit, the Turk made up an appearance in Jacksonville as the Jacksonville Jaguars fired their GM, Dave Caldwell, after 10 straight losses. 10 straight losses in this weird season. Yeah, that's probably going to get you a pink slip. Tough time of the year for that to happen. But 10 losses is 10 losses. The Texans, Will Fuller, he, will be, he won't be around for the next six games as he is suspended for violating the league's PED policy. Better work through chemistry. I don't think so. And in an interesting bit of news, we find out that Terod Taylor will not be filing a grievance against the Los Angeles Chargers team doctor, the one that punctured his lung, a bosch procedure which allowed the way for wonder kid Justin Herbert to set the NFL on fire. Hey, shows what a good guy he is. You know, it was an accident, not going to, you know, get into a a tit-for-tat with the organization, all things that have happened. Yeah, Taylor's done well. I think it's kind of interesting, speaking of, you know, the musical chairs with these quarterbacks, that Trubisky getting another chance to start in Green Bay. I know that Foles is hurt, but then again, I also feel that Foles' play also attributed to that, because take that guy out of Philadelphia and he's just not that good. I wonder if he gets a third uh, tour of duty in Philadelphia when this is all all said and done with. So, what happened on the field? Well, today, as we are talking about, the nice doubleheader with Champions League and uh, NFL going on at the same time. God, on a Wednesday afternoon, no less. So cool. But Pittsburgh defeats Baltimore. Got to see Bobby Griffin out there, RGB, And, of course, turnover machine, and he got hurt. Hey, I don't wish anything bad on the guy, but it was just kind of fitting that, you know, he gets an opportunity in a game that, you know, it was 1240 Starks what they had the like the uh, Rockefeller Center Christmas tree on NBC. So, you know, NFL had to be played earlier. Yeah. Such a 2020 thing. <laughs> but, um, yeah, backup guy came in there. Scored a late touchdown, a little drama, but Big Ben and company took care of business in 1914. So we flip back to when that game was actually supposed to be played, which was Thanksgiving night. Started out with Detroit and Houston. Texans, Deshaun, took care of business, which obviously reignites the discussion about why is Detroit on Thanksgiving every year? Yes, we know, 1934, rant, 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 rant. I get mixed. I think on the actual day, I bitch and moan about it. But, you know, I don't, I, I don't have a problem with that kind of tradition. I just think in a year of COVID where we didn't have a marquee game like the Ravens and Steelers to sort of balance things out, yeah, you know, it, it, it kind of stung. But, yeah, it it was on a more rotating basis. But then again, the Lions established that, and that's one of the things they hung their hat on. So, and I know the other teams are like going, damn, we got to go to Detroit. And if you've ever been to Detroit this time of year, it's cold, man. I know when I was up there, I don't know, maybe four or five years ago, at the end of January, I was just like, oh, okay, now I see why all you folks are out west or out in Florida and other places in the southwest. It'd be cold. So um, in the other Thanksgiving game, the Washington football team in Dallas, even though their records both are terrible, still anybody can win that division. So it was a big matchup. Dallas once again imploded. Some really head-scratching play calling there by Mike McCarthy. Allowed a game that was kind of tight. Turned into a blowout. Washington football team 41, Dallas 16. Don't tell me it wasn't enjoyable. Watching Skip Bayless get all uh, bombastic and his denials and just alternate universe that he existed as far as why his cowboys didn't win that game um guys really stepped up for for Washington this Alex Smith story continues to be great Type with the giants for first place yeah i know right <laughs> um but hey i you know it's going to be fun brother or not you like that these teams are under 500, but as it's been pointed out several times this week, the last three teams that make the playoffs, that under 500 all want a playoff game. So it should be interesting TV. Even though the Giants are a little bit shaky there with what happened to Daniel Jones, I like how both of these teams are playing. Washington football team and Giants. Giants taking care of business for the 1917 win over Cincinnati. Ugly. But hey, you know what? Because they have beat the Washington football team twice. They're in the driver's seat. Las Vegas Raiders. Moment of silence there. Just when you think they've turned the corner and they're bona fide. You can't even go with saying legit. When you get your ass beat 43 to 6. That's right, I said ass. Even though we tried to keep things clean, they got their ass kicked. When you are a team that is aspiring to move into the upper echelon, especially a struggling team like Atlanta, even though under Raheem Morris, after Quim was let go, they have definitely played better. And you probably don't want them on their schedule because it's a talented team, but very flawed. Yet, if you're the Raiders and you're trying to move into the upper echelon, you do not get your ass beat forty-three to six. Ugly. All the good things we were saying about Carr, the whole team. It just it just really indicative of why no one will trust the Raiders. And if the Raiders end up on the outside looking in, even with the extra wild card spot, no one will be shocked because this team, yes, could beat the Chiefs at Arrowhead, but could also go to Mercedes and turn in a performance like this. I mean, what do you say? Oh, uh, the Herbie, because I get to watch the Chargers every week. Almost think that people are more excited about watching Herbie play than actually watching the Ducks and, Ty- and, and Mr. Tyler. Uh, I get the guy's name wrong every week, uh, right? But anyhow, ah, the Chargers were competitive, but the Bills are the real deal. They are a team that's looking, I don't know about moving into the upper echelon, but definitely being, you know, a, a definite playoff team. They could make some noise. Unlike the Raiders, they took care of a stubborn opponent. Anthony Lynn, yeah, you know, right. You may they're probably warming that seat up for you now that Matt Patricia has been shown the door. You're probably next, because they're gonna look at well, gee, Herbie's putting up these numbers, and it's almost perfect. It can't. It we need to get him around a real good coach. And so, unfortunately, I think Herbert's success is going to lead to Anthony Lynn being shown the door. Hey, Herbert is lighting it up. Make no mistake about that. Uh, Just what you think, Indy is going to take control of that division. Tennessee decides to wake up behind the the human bowling ball, Mr. Henry. So, Tennessee wins 45-26. 26 and now here we go, the back and forth with those two teams. You're in, you're out, seeing that uh, Houston, well, not Houston, but uh, yeah, Houston, exactly, the Texans, they decide, you know, to not participate. We're a division. You don't really give it credence, but somehow these teams actually, you know, put up halfway decent records every year. Crazy stuff. Vikings and the Cardinals. I mean, Vikings and the Cardinals. Blah 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 blah. Need some more caffeine. Vikings in Carolina. Teddy Bridgewater ball. Hey, give it up to Kirk Cousins. Getting a late season win. Give it. Give the uh, Vikes some props for being able to squeak past there. You know, I'm always kind of tough on Kirk Cousins. That was a big win for the Vikes. Their fleeting playoff hopes stay alive. Patriots slowly getting back to respectability. Big win for Cam. Another head-scratching loss for Arizona. A lot of the pundits think that Kyler hurt his shoulder, and that's why he's been lacking. I just feel that teams are getting better at putting a spy on him and denying the opportunity for him to beat you with his feet. Yeah, I'm sure his shoulder is, but... You got people like Skip Bayless and others who are quick to make excuses for why whenever Kyler doesn't get a win. Now it's the shoulder. Hey, I like the guy too. He's he's electrifying. But let's give some of these these defensive coordinators some props every now and then instead of always trying to figure out why wow, he he lost because of this. Same thing with Lamar. You know these teams have more. You know. Film on these guys and, you know, what the stock down at uh, MGM, right? So, enough of this already. But, hey, that's where they have to have something to talk about. Jets in Miami. The Jets are just awful. I mean, right, right? I mean, talk about forfeiting some games and giving teams some rest. I mean, they're just terrible. And, of course, as I'm looking up at the replay, watching El Matador, with basically a nice little volley, just like he used to do at Paris. All's well in the world when you see that happen. (laughs) Anyways, let me get back to talking a little football. Um, Yeah, the Jets are just awful. Miami, after a very disappointing loss in Denver, continue to make things interesting. Still no Tua. Browns and Jacks. Surprisingly, a good game. But hey, Cleveland's eight and three quietly. Even though I've called them fools gold, still think they're fools gold. But they keep racking the wins up. Once they're in the playoffs, with with the weapons and that running game, I don't know. Let me still say fools gold for now. New Orleans thirty one, Denver three. A lot of talk about this game all week long. Rightfully so. The Denver quarterbacks. I liked that, you know, the guy on um, ESPN, Dan Avlowski, talking about how the four quarterbacks, you know, how rare it is to get an opportunity because they were all in the same room together and exposed themselves, even though it turned out that only one of the, of the four. But then we had a receiver that was on the practice squad. Guy who played at Wake Forest and was converted to a receiver. So he hasn't played quarterback. Came in to play quarterback. Not surprisingly, he was one of nine. Two picks, 13 yards. Just really awful. Running a lot of wildcat formation with Lindsey and Royce Freeman. Um... This is, you know, what we talked about earlier. Maybe the game should have been postponed. We have a week 18 for situations like this. But the NFL is hell-bent on getting the games off. I mean, it was a negligent situation, but it wasn't. It's just where we are and how precarious this is. We'll get back to this in a moment as far as what I think, because you can probably have a hint where this is leading to. But, yeah, it was just awful. You know, the Saints, in their situation, also with Breeze being hurt, we got a better sense of Taysom Hill and why Jameis is on the bench. I know the woke brigade are a little bit irritated by that. They're trying to find, you know, ways to, like, talk bad about Taysom Hill. But, hey, that guy's legit. And, obviously, Sean Payton has come up with a nice scheme that works really well for them. And right now, they're not missing a beat in terms of being the class of the NFC. Yeah. The Niners beat the Rams again. Beat up San Francisco with Mullins. No Jimmy G. All the guys out for San Francisco. And yet, here here are the Rams. Just when you think they're about to become in the upper echelon, they say, yeah, we went to a Super Bowl, but yet we have another head-scratching loss like this, and you are just like, well. So I don't know when it comes to the Rams. Um, Cardinals as well. Fool's gold, I'm starting to think with both of them. Maybe they get to the playoffs, maybe they don't. Sure can't get to the playoffs if you keep having head-scratching losses like this. Makes sense? Um, Let's see here. What else do we have here? Oh, yeah. Marquee matchup. Kansas City goes down to Tampa Bay. Homeboy. Champagne Mahomes. All kinds of stuff. What do they call that guy? Right. And obviously, TB12. That would be of 6 reign fame. So score to me was a lot closer than the game was. Give you know, Brady credit. You can put up some numbers. I thought he had happy eyes and happy feet in the beginning. I mean, Mahomes what had 359 yards in the first half. They took their foot up the gas pedal. Obviously that turnover was kind of big. but I didn't think the game was as close as it turned out to be. I think twenty-seven, twenty-four. Brady ended up having a great stat line. But, you know, it's pretty clear that when you put some pressure in this guy's face, and I know the whole thing with him and NBA going public and Skip Bayless basically about to have uh, an aneurysm over it. Yeah, you know, whatever, right? I think that, yeah, when Bush comes to shove, the Patriots are going to have their are going to have their say. Although they have five losses, and I think that's interesting that at the beginning of the year people were wondering who would have more uh, wins and losses, and for a while there, when the Patriots were floundering, but hey, uh, the Buccaneers have five losses, Pats have six, and I can see the the Buccaneers losing a couple of more games especially since the book is basically put a lot of pressure on Brady and at 43 he's a little gunshot. I mean that's not to say that he's still not elite because he is. I don't think there's any argument there. But something about the Buccaneers I'm just not sold on. Anyhow, it was it was fun to watch to, you know, the the goat and the uh, goat apparent dueling swords. How about Terry Kill, man? What a baller. I, mean, I don't know what they were, I don't know what what, what uh, Todd Bowles was thinking. One on one with that guy I and mean, then just abused. Abusing. Anyhow, Chiefs at 10 and 1, Steelers 10 and 0 or 11 and 0. Yeah. Collision course. Both of these teams looking good. After that, they had Green Bay cruising past Chicago. Trubisky gets the start. I know. The Bears, not even full goal. gold. Just very disappointing. You know they've got some pieces on defense. Offense, meh. I knew when they got off to that early start, this was probably going to happen. But yeah, very disappointing. They can, you know, hang their hat on that they beat Tampa Bay in their in their in their shining moment video when it comes out. But they're, they're very disappointing city. I mean very disappointing season for those folks in the city of Chicago. And then on Monday, we had the Eagles. Russ does enough to get a win. Hawks win at Lincoln Financial, 2317. So, talk a minute about Anthony Lynn. Is Doug Peterson on the hot seat? And what do what the Eagles do with Carson Wentz? You know? Peterson winning a Super Bowl a few years ago, you know, when people always talk about, you know, with Holly Roseman, and I don't know what you do in this situation if you're Jeffrey Lurie. Right, you know, I I, I think that uh, yeah, you're in a you're in a really weird situation. Did with a team that just won the Super Bowl recently, but clearly there's some things that are not working, and a division that is really up for for the for their taking. I thought all along they would be the squad that would lift themselves, and. Win the division, you know, right? 8-7-1, one, nine, six, and one But uh, they're garbage. They're 3-8-1 and, and going nowhere. Carson Wentz looks like a shot fighter. Not sure what they're doing. Bringing in Jalen Hurts for a couple of plays, as many people have talked about already this week on TV. Why isn't there some kind of package where it can actually be more than just a gimmick? Not good for either guy. Uh, but then again, you have to wonder about that group of quarterbacks, Rosen, Jared Goff, <laughs> uh, this guy, just how they were able to um, pull the wool over so many people's eyes. I know watching a lot of these guys in college, I didn't get a lot of chance to watch them how so I mean, how often are you going to get to see North Dakota State? But clearly, that wave of quarterbacks isn't getting it done, right? And, you know, a lot of GMs and coaches are sort of, you know, biting their nose and they're basically digits off to, to, to you know, spite themselves and tell people, no, I made the right call. But at some point, you have to wonder. Wow. Wow. Didn't think we'd get this far. You know, I thought it was going to be a little bit shorter. But hey, once we start talking, we can call, talk all day. We are at that point in the week, TM time, TMA time. Turn Awards. You know, Turd McCory goes out to that special someone who is always deserving of that stainless steel bowl of turds for bad behavior, bad decisions, or just being you. a you-know-what. So, you know, in recent weeks we've kind of modified it where we give out right the standard large bowl and then we have the complimentary award, right, the smaller the, the smaller version of it because we some weeks there are just people that deserve it but not necessarily the nice big silver one like they talked about in that episode of The Wire. Right when you when you win the when you win the term of mayor, or they hand you the big bowl of turds, not that we want to talk that much about turds or anything, but anyway, enough of that. So I'm going to give the the, 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 the standard award to the Broncos organization. I mean, come on. W- weeks ago, if I can like make the suggestion of having your, one of your quarterbacks in isolation. So, you don't have a situation like what happened with Denver, where you have a guy on a, 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 a receiver on the reserve team playing quarterback in a game. Come on, man. Right. It, it just, if I can think it and other people are talking about it, and you actually weren't doing that and all, put all of your quarterbacks at risk, makes no sense to me. Therefore, you definitely get the big, ball, the big stainless steel ball, but I do have a, I do have a complimentary one to hand out. Jerry Jones probably won't be the last time you get one of these. But your comments about Denver in general—that you went through the same situation. Yeah, I mean Danucci, sure, but he's an actual quarterback who, who gets action in practice is in film rooms as opposed to some receiver pulled off the heap. I mean, that's the thing with a lot of these folks. You know, Dabo Sweeney, just the Steelers. Just because you can say these things, you probably shouldn't in, in this COVID time, Okay. I mean, can't you just learn to bite your tongue for a minute or two and not stick your foot in your mouth and just come across as being an instance of jerks? Not that hard. Not a good look. All right. Well, this has been fun, folks. Episode 26. So hopefully we'll have some episodes of the companion podcast coming out here real quick. It's been really slow. As far as the holidays go and all that, get, trying to get some of the stuff up and going. But hey, when you're a one-man crew, you just make do with what you have. Anyways, it's been a pleasure. FTINFX at gmail.com. If you've got any feedback, questions, be back next week. As always, as the numbers continue to spike. Mask up. Sanitize. Socially distance. Avoid crowds where people aren't wearing a mask. Do all these things sooner. We can get back to our games, our concerts, and enjoying each other and all that good stuff. Holidays, be extra cautious. Be safe. Be sane. And I'll see you all in about a week or so. Peace.